You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras, and this is the second episode of a five-part mini-series all about scaling your social media business. Once you've finished listening to this episode, make sure you head to the show notes where you'll find a bunch of resources to help you to scale with a digital product. I'm talking about the two Lauras. They'll be your biggest supporters. What the selling you'll need more of. I'm talking about the two Lauras. I'm talking about the two Lauras. Hello, welcome back. Um, so in the last episode, we talked about scaling with an agency model. And in this episode, we are going to talk about scaling with digital products. And before we get into that, I just want to define what we class as a digital product for the purposes of this episode, because they are like, people will think of this in different ways. So for me, and for the purposes of this episode, a digital product is something that someone would buy from you once. They wouldn't need to buy it again and again. It would be that they would buy something from you once. They could buy it anytime. It's available all the time. And they would work through it or use it without any more support from you. So it might be pack of templates it might be an ebook or a course that they can just go and watch whenever so it's something that that's available all the time and they can just grab it off your website whenever they want yeah a bit like our social media managers toolkit yes so that is our main digital product but it's a beefy one yeah and it's the first one the first thing that we did together yeah yeah so why think back to the good old days, pre-pandemic, when it was about March, yeah. <laughs> March 2019, gosh, three years ago, we started to have this conversation about creating a digital product, which at the time was not going to be the amazing resource that the toolkit now is. I still remember that message you sent me. You sent me a message saying, I think we should write an ebook, like a PDF. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who've got the toolkit will know that it's um, far, far from that, <laughs> a small little ebook. But the reason we created the toolkit was, and this is the social media manager's toolkit for anyone who's listening who doesn't know about it, you can check it out on our website, but it's everything someone needs if they're wanting to set up a freelance social media management business, essentially. And the reason we created it was, Laura and I were both doing okay as freelancers. We had, you know, good business. We were both, I think, at capacity at the time. Yeah. And I personally was getting lots of messages from other social media managers who were starting out or, you know, fairly early days saying, well, how do you find your clients? You know, what, how, what, do, do you mind me asking what you put in a proposal? I can never forget I'd put something on my Instagram stories how I was working on a proposal and people were messaging me going, oh, do you mind if I have a copy? And it was like, uh, no but we then obviously must have had this conversation about how we were both getting similar questions and people clearly didn't know what they were doing they knew how to do social media they knew how to press all the buttons on instagram for example but they they were a bit lost when it came to writing a good proposal how to even find clients how to create a strategy that was our motivation we wanted to fill this gap that there clearly was that people just didn't have these things available to them yeah exactly and yeah it was originally going to be a little quick guide in a pdf telling them <laughs> how to do it and it turned into a mini course 
bunch of templates, like this whole massive digital product, which has served us well and has helped thousands of social media managers. So, you know, it was brilliant for us. Like a lot of that went really, really well. In fact, I don't know, why don't we talk about what went really well, how, how we did so well with that? Because I think that would be useful for people listening. Okay. Well, I think number one is what we've just touched on is that we, we had listened to what our audience, well, actually, no, it wasn't our audience. We didn't actually have an audience at that point, did we? Well, we did. Like we both had a lot of social media managers who followed us, but obviously our, our own socials were aimed at, at businesses. But yeah, we listened to the needs of what people were asking us. We responded to, to specifically what people were asking for. Yeah. And after we'd launched it, which we'll talk about in a minute, we carried on listening and we yeah. didn't just build the toolkit and it was, that was it. It was done and dusted. Like I remember even in the first few weeks, people were like, oh, does it have this in it? And we we're like, no, but we'll put it in. Yeah. Add loads more things. We just kept adding and adding and adding to it, didn't we? And changed it so much over time. Yeah. It gives people everything they want because we're constantly listening to feedback. I think yeah. it's really important, isn't it, to listen to people telling you what they want because so often we just assume that we know what people want and it's not the same. And we also assume, and I say we as in everyone, not just me and you, but you assume people will consume that product as you, as we would. Yeah. So as you design it, it to them. Yeah. So we, it was last year, we completely redesigned it to make it much easier to actually use because what we were finding is that people were getting the toolkit, they were using the templates and don't get me wrong, it's amazing. Like the amount of people who have won clients from that proposal document fills me with like a warm, fuzzy feeling. But there, there was so much in the toolkit that people weren't utilizing because maybe it wasn't as easy to find or to kind of like literally navigate through this massive pile of, of content. So we completely kind of stripped it back, redesigned it, made it much more easy for people to work through and access whatever it is that they needed within that toolkit. And there are people now who bought it, like we launched it in the, the July of 2019, and there's still people now who are going back to it, using it. So it's been a good investment for... Yeah, there's, not, there's not a week goes by that we don't get an email from somebody who bought it in 2019 and wants to log in and can't remember their name <laughs> details. Yeah. People yeah. still go back to it time and time again, don't they? Yeah. So listening to your audience and understanding and review... So listening to your audience before you kind of create it, but also not to assume once it's created that that's it, you can just sell it. You know, you still need to be listening to how people are actually consuming that information and could it be better? And that's something, you know, for those of you who are in our kind of membership, in our communities, you'll see that that's what we do all the time. We're constantly, can we change this? Can we make it better? And because we just want everything to be the best it can be. And I think that that's what everybody should be doing. You constantly need to be kind of listening and, yeah. and adapting. And I think as well, listening to what people are saying is really important for your messaging when you're trying to sell these things. Yeah. Because what you know that somebody needs isn't necessarily the same thing as how they would put it, what, put what they want. And you need to give them what they want, even though it's still what they actually need that they don't realize that they need. Yeah. And, and that messaging is really important. So definitely listen to how people are saying um, what it is that they're looking for. I think the other thing that we did really well when we um, launched a toolkit is that we launched we launched it <laughs> like we didn't just put it on the website and expect that people would know that it was there we built up some FOMO before we launched it we used our FOMO fix formula <laughs> and that we t teach in our program social proof and 
we built up that anticipation, that FOMO, we had people talking about it and we used, like we had an irresistible offer. We had um, some scarcity. We launched it with at a low price that we then put up at a certain date. So there was a need for people to buy it because they needed what was in it. But there was also a need for them to buy it now, not wait till next week or next year or where, whenever. And I think that definitely served as well because then people bought it and they started talking about it, which obviously is great for marketing as well. Yeah. And I think lots of people can be scared of putting something new out there and launching it and really kind of, you know, hammering at home that this thing is out there and should be bought. But and let's be honest, we were nervous about that yeah. ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's important though is when you launch something for the very, very, very first time, if, you, if you've done it well, that will probably be the best time in terms of sales. And it was for us, you know, those first few weeks. I remember when we sold our 10th one, we were like partying. I know, yeah. And I think we're, we're well, we're not far up a thousand now. So no, I think we've done, we've done 1200 now. Oh yeah, of course we have. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, there we go. So it's, you know, it's, it's come a long way, but they, they were the easiest times in terms of, of selling it because there was that kind of energy around the fact that we launched it and there was that FOMO and there, there was that, you know, just excitement about this new thing that was going to help everybody and that no one had done before or, or, or put in front of these people before. And it was, yeah, I think people sometimes can be really nervous about launching something for the first time, but really you just need to get over that and go all in because you will reap the benefits. Okay, so they're the kind of things that went well when we did our, well, created the, the digital product, that is the toolkit. But if we were to do it again, what would we do differently? Well, I personally, and I don't know if you would agree with this, I think we should have priced it higher from day one. I think we launched it, to, we, we, we underestimated how good what we were doing was. Like, we didn't have enough confidence in ourselves, maybe, yeah. and we priced it too low. Yeah. Yeah, I... I would agree. I think we, and we all do this, don't we? Yeah. But we have, we have the, oh, will anyone buy it? Yeah. Oh, it's new. So I can't price yeah, it. Is it actually that good? You know, you know, we were so proud of it and we thought it was amazing, but then the doubt creeps in. And so you end up going, oh, well, let's just launch it at a really low offer because then that will give us that reassurance, which, which was fine. And loads of people obviously got it at that low price but which is fine and we don't resent that at all but then obviously when you start to realize how bloody good it is you just realize that it's price wrong and actually to increase the price there on in it's hard so yeah. really thinking about your pricing and get other people's opinions there's no, you know and that's something which we didn't do um in terms of when it came to the pricing and we should have done really because actually lots of people were saying oh like afterwards oh my god this is so cheap why have you priced it so low and and I'll never forget those kind of comments and yeah. I wish in hindsight we'd ask so definitely ask if you're thinking of launching a digital product like ask us like we'll be honest with you and sometimes digital products are low ticket and they are meant to be you know just like 50 quid or 20 yeah like quid there, I think there's two different types of digital products isn't there there's the ones that are low ticket to bring people into your world yeah and then there's the ones where you're giving everything away and it's that's the money that's coming into your business, that's your income. Yeah. It's like, but the low ticket ones are more like list builders, aren't they? To, yeah. just to bring people into your world. And the toolkit definitely was never designed to be that. It was designed to be something that was full of value, 
and would actually help people to grow a really good business. Well, yeah, in you know, in, in all honesty, the toolkit was something that we wanted people to buy so then they could go away and then they, they weren't asking us questions all the time. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's what we... That's what we wanted to achieve. Obviously, in hindsight, we've now created this business of social media managers and we want everybody to come and ask us loads of questions. To, to a degree, we shot ourselves in the foot because we put <laughs> everything in that toolkit. And then we were like, well, actually, has that made us re- redundant? And, you yeah. know, obviously it hasn't for those. Who- that actually, in hindsight, was a mistake. Like we put so much in that yeah. toolkit, didn't we? Yeah. And if we were going to do it again, maybe we would strip it back a bit. Yeah, or make smaller, smaller little smaller talk bits. bits. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we should do that. And I think the other thing which we would have done differently, or not necessarily done differently, but we would have spent a lot more time thinking about is about actually, how are we going to sell this on an ongoing basis? Yeah. Because yeah. evergreen products, which is products that are available all year round, as digital products generally are, like how could we... Let's just be honest, evergreen products are hard to sell. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no need to buy it today. Yeah. Yeah, there's people who will go, oh, you know what, I'm going to buy this at the end of the month when I get paid. And then they get paid and you realise that, you know, your electricity bill's gone up. So you say, oh, I'm not going to do it this month. I'll I'll do it next month. Then before you know it, a year's gone by and and you haven't bought it and, and the moment's gone. Whereas, you know, creating that kind of scarcity and urgency isn't when you have things like courses, like live courses, memberships, et cetera can be much easier especially when you've got multiple things that you want to be talking about like if you've also if you're a social media manager and you're also offering one-to-ones and masterclasses and you've also got a digital product if you end up having all these things you've got to constantly be selling it's really hard then to to know what you should be pushing at what one point and before you know it something will always fall off and it would probably be the digital product yeah because like and this is where I went wrong in the past I had digital product before you and I joined forces me too and did you and so mine was like a little small Facebook course and And you're going to say yours was as well. I could see it. It No, it wasn't a Facebook course, but it was a Facebook training, like a video training. Yeah. So I, so I created this Facebook course and I just assumed people would buy it. Like, why wouldn't they buy it? It's on my website. Don't they just see that it's on my website and buy it? Do I actually have to tell people to buy it? Like how I, how naive was I back then? A lot of people think that because they've created something that they know that people need then they will come and buy it. And that isn't the case. You have to actually sell it. You need to have a plan to do that. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about this Facebook course that you created, your digital product. <laughs> was it a success? Like, no, it was crap. It, it was, like the course wasn't crap, but the actual, it was not a success though. No. Okay. So let's, why, why wasn't it? Like, what would you do? Okay. So if you were to had your time again, and you were wanting to create a digital product, what would you do differently? So I would create something that is different to what is out there for free. So my, this course that I created was no different to anything that you could just Google. Okay. Yeah. That was mind blowing. And God, I feel like I'm opening up being very honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just the same as, as anyone, you know, you can Google this stuff and get the answers and people don't need to pay for stuff that they can get the answers from unless you're telling it in a different way and there's a different spin on it or you've got 
you know, an amazing thing that you want to tell them about. Oh, it's, oh, it's very specific. Yeah, exactly. And this wasn't specific. This, like anyone could have bought this, which means that no one did. Like it wasn't niche at all. Well, so no one bought it. I think I'd maybe sold five or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. It's not going to change the world, is it? No, I don't think I even afforded a holiday from it. <laughs> so when you did it, did you like launch it? Did you, or just did you? No, Laura, of course I didn't. I put a post in my Facebook group. That was it. <laughs> just one post? Probably, yeah. I mean, it was on my website. <laughs> and what about when you were thinking about creating it? Where did you go? Like, did you research? Okay. No, I did everything that I wouldn't do now. I built a course before I even knew that anyone wanted to buy it. I just thought, well, obviously this is, I knew that this is what they needed because I was being asked the questions all the time. And so instead of answering the same question over and over, I wanted to be able to say to somebody, look, here, this is what you need. So I built the course before I sold it. And now that I know what I know, I know that was the wrong way to do it. And I should have sold it to see if there was a need and see if anyone actually wanted this thing that I was creating. And then I should have created it. And if I'd have done it that way, I would have saved myself hours and hours of time <laughs> and tons of money because no one, no one, they needed it, but they didn't need what I, how I had put it together. It wasn't specific enough. It was too generic and too basic. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of if you're doing, doing it differently, in terms of turning that around and giving some advice and tips for people who are thinking about creating a digital, pro- digital product, you would sell it before you would build it. Yeah. hundred percent. What else? So, I would, so I would sell it before I built it, but before I sold it, I would make sure that there was actually a need for it. I would really try and understand that audience and make whatever it, are, it is that I was building specific to their needs. So it was a bit more niche. It's not just so this was a Facebook course. It's not just how to use Facebook, but it's, you know, it's how to use Facebook for a specific type of business or how to use Facebook to get this specific result. Yeah. So it's just a bit more niche, I think. And I think we can all fall into the trap of assuming mm. that we know what people want. Yeah. But it's, that's never going to end well. When no, we're... people don't want to know how to use Facebook. They want to know how they can make more money. Yeah. And if Facebook is the driver for that, then they'll buy the course. Yeah. They don't don't necessarily know that that's what they need. Yeah. Okay. So you need to research your audience. You need to sell it before you build it. You need to have, you know, kind of thinking back to what we said about the toolkit, you definitely need to have a plan for how you're going to sell it on an ongoing basis. How are yeah, you, you going need to have a launch plan as well? Yeah. That because that beginning bit, like you said, that beginning bit is so important. Yeah. So a launch plan and then a plan going forward because in three years time are you going to be bored of still selling yeah you need you need to have different ways to to sell things and and so one of those ways is to create an irresistible offer and change that offer so that there's you know there's a reason to buy at a certain period so you can do promotion plans at certain periods Um, and I think that could work that works really well when it's a digital product that's available all year round if you can have a certain promotion time where if somebody buys it between in like in a in a four day period or something, they get an additional bonus or they get some time with you to help implement it or you know, anything like that that will make them I, buy it then. I would make a point of saying that doesn't mean to discount it. No, no. The 
We've never, ever discounted the toolkit. No. And we won't. But if we were going to do a promotion, we and we have done in the past, we would put something else with it, where if you buy it in this, this certain amount of time, you will get an extra pack of templates or... I think we did an implementation day and things like that where they where people could actually come and work with us. And I think that's much more important than discounts. I think if yeah, you discount thing, then you're just undervaluing yourself. If you discount, you just wait, everyone then waits again for yeah. when is it going to be discounted? When is it going to be discounted? I'm going to wait and you just shoot yourself in the foot. So just yeah. always avoid having a discounted offer. Yeah. Um, the other thing to consider as well is that digital products sound like the easy option. Because you can make them, you've made it once, and then people will buy it. But that isn't the case, really. Right. Like, I think, if we're thinking of the four ways that you could scale, so we've talked about agencies, there's digital products, you can have a membership or you can have a course. Digital products is probably one of the harder ways. Because, yes, it's quick, well, not necessarily quick, but it's you've created it and it's done. But you need to have, like we've just said, a way to keep selling it. And that is really difficult if something is available all the time. So maybe if you're thinking about a digital product and you think that you're going to do it because you think it's the easy, easy option, it probably isn't the right thing for you to do because just because it's the easy option. It might be that a course is better or that a membership is a better option because with a membership, you can have recurring income. So you don't have to keep selling to the same people. They just pay you month on month as long as you're providing what it is they want. And if it's a course that's not available all the time, you can do a big launch, you can get a number of people in, help them over a small period of time, get their stories, make sure that they get good results. And then next time you're going to launch it, you, you've got all of that social proof to help you to, to launch next time and hopefully do even better, which sounds harder, but actually in reality, it's way easier to do that than it is to continuously sell a digital product. Yeah, I agree. And and that's certainly the case for us, isn't it? The our membership is way easier for us as a business than the toolkit just because and it's more enjoyable yeah well exactly that's what I was going to say I love the toolkit but it just we just don't market it no and also we don't like yeah we get people come into the group and tell us about the wins they've had from the, the toolkit but we don't have that relationship with the people who've bought the toolkit like we do with our members we know our members and it's brilliant like you know having that communication with those people and when we're doing our courses and working with people to really help them get those wins, that's far more enjoyable as a business model than it is just to sell a one-off digital product. Yeah, and that's a good point. So if you're thinking, I'm going to sell a digital product because that gets someone's foot in the door, skin in the game, and then you can build a relationship with that person who's got a digital product and then they might then go on and buy something else from you or, or hire you as a social media manager, that is not always the case. They take that digital product and then they go and then you have no relationship with them so yes if if it's a really good product you may stay on their radar and at that time at at a later time they may come back to you but that's not always a given so don't assume that 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 a digital product is part of a funnel that will necessarily work for you you would need a proper plan in place if that's your kind of driver yeah definitely and definitely think that through before you do that yeah yeah. Okay. So we've just touched on the fact that, you know, is digital products right for you? So if you're considering a digital product, you might want to tune in to the next one because we're going to be talking about memberships in the next one. So before you rush into a digital product, maybe tune into the next one because you might want to consider that before you make a decision. Yeah.
We'll see you in the next episode.